Sometimes when I think about the decision we're making to leave our suburban home, all the comforts of it in Birmingham, the relationships we have there, the friendships, our church, I say to myself, what are we thinking? Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to you. It's December the 17th as we record this. And you are absolutely right, Amanda. There are some times when we are... We stop in the middle of all our preparation and have these waves of regret and self-doubt and concern about whether we're making the right decision. You're an old hand at this. You've been doing it all along. You mean grieving and processing? Absolutely. Right. I have been. You're right. I've had a good cry over the church several times, over leaving the church, that is, and uh Certainly have had a chance to meet with my friends and talk about it and have them also grieve along with me. But um, that doesn't mean I've finished the process by any means. And through the process of your grieving and struggling with this, I've been more or less convinced we were doing the right thing. I, I have certainly been doing some grieving, but it's been pretty low grade. That's true. I always felt like you were upbeat and pretty sure of yourself (laughs) and our decision. (laughs) Exactly. And now, well, this week um, I had my first real journey into deep, cathartic kind of regret. And as a result, I I hope that I am uh, even more empathetic than I have been in the past with the journey that you are having to go through. And parenthetically, we understand that there are others who are considering doing things similar to what we're doing. And I guess we decided to talk about those regrets, those moments of doubt, so that people would understand that's very normal. Right. Well, we're giving up something. We're giving up not just the conveniences, but... We're giving up memories in a sense because that house is where we raised our children and, um, you know, we we do have our handprints and the dog's paw prints in in the concrete that we laid about how many years ago? Fifteen. You're talking about the the new amendment to the pavement. Right, yes. You know, that was probably mm, 18 or 20 years ago. Yes, our children were little and... And it's hard for them to imagine leaving that behind, too. So we decided to take a nice photograph of it. I don't think we can take the <laughs> actual concrete with us, and I don't think that would be very kind to the new owners if we did that. But it's uh, it, that's the kind of thing that, especially as the holiday season grows near, it, it gets to be even more poignant because I think of all the Christmases we spent there, and there were happy times. And... You have mentioned to me more than once, and I've heard some of this as well, when we tell our friends down here in Elmore County about what we're planning to do, they always say, what are you thinking? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? You're leaving Birmingham. You're leaving 
especially when they find out that I live 10 minutes from Whole Foods, 10 minutes from the Summit, 10 minutes from the Galleria, um, you know, 10 minutes from Birmingham, the city of Birmingham, downtown. I'm just, it's so ideally located and um, that, yeah, people do have a hard time understanding why we're doing it. So now let's take a moment and talk about what is convincing us that, yes, despite all our regrets, despite all our second thoughts, we still think we're on the right track. Absolutely. We are convinced of that. We we had a nice walk yesterday, and, and it was a pretty day. It was cool. It started out really cool, but it was one of those typical winter days that we've experienced so many times here at Longleaf Breeze that you get out and start moving around, and you start dropping layers, and <laughs> it was just beautiful, and we went on a walk to part of the farm that we hadn't seen in a long time, I guess because we had a, a trail that we tried to forge through the woods, and uh, I think you've got your <laughs> Are you going stuck. to embarrass us no, by talking about no, what no, happened no. there? Now, actually, I will embarrass myself and talk about the fact that the first time I got tractor hard down stuck where I had no way to get it out without some help was trying to blaze that trail that we walked down yesterday. And, you know, it works fine when you're on foot, but yes, um, yes. 55 horsepower two-wheel drive tractor had trouble heading downhill in that muck. And then when I tried to back up, I, I knew I was in trouble. But we just, just getting out and experiencing that made us realize, oh, we just, we, we know why we fell in love with this place. We do know it's the right thing to do. It's just that making a transition is difficult. And we've been through those before when we left graduate school and went on to our professional, some might call it real lives. <laughs> uh, that was a hard time. It was hard to leave those friendships. It was hard to leave that situation. Um, then, you know, we moved from our house in Homewood, although it wasn't, we'd only been there four years, but that was a little tough to leave because we had good friends hard. in the neighborhood. Yeah. And um, even though we just moved 10 minutes away, um, it we've we've been through these life crises before, and we know that it's a normal part of making any kind of transition. So, in fact, Janet Bennett writes about transition shock, that culture shock, what we call you know moving the shock one goes through the the kind of negative experiences one feels when moving from one culture to another is simply a form of transition shock, and that occurs at, at any sort of major change in life whether it's for the good or the or not so good. So yeah. we're going through that, and it's normal. And I suppose part of the tr transition shock for you is how much attention your husband is paying to how much power we use. That, too. We never had to really think about it that much at Misty Lane. <laughs> well, we, we just, just didn't bother thinking about it. But one of our goals here at Longleaf Breeze is to live as sustainably as possible. And as we have outlined for you in the past a couple of times, our philosophy is not that we are going to produce lots of energy here, but rather that we're going to use as little energy as possible. So Lee has a kilowatt, with a little device that you use to measure how much current an appliance uses. And I'm running all over the apartment and the shop measuring the power consumption of this, that, and the other, and, of course, telling you all about it. Right. I was really good, glad to hear the good news about my coffee pot, though. You want Tell to start out with that? Well, sure, I'll talk about well, it. Well, you're the one um, who discovered it. I thought it might Yes, be. And, and, and what you're describing is that I have been quite concerned 
about the fact that we have a coffee pot that stays plugged in 24 hours a day. And I just thought that was profligate and wasteful. And I was trying to figure out how I could keep it unplugged and then plug it in just when we needed to fix coffee and then unplug it again as soon as the coffee is made. And I should mention that it's one of those pots that displays the the time all day long. But more importantly, if you wanted to set the timer for it to go off automatically, you know, you have to reprogram it if you unplug it every time you use it. Right. And we don't need the... We don't need to start the coffee automatically in, in our normal mode because I'm up long before you are, and therefore, when the time comes, I just turn it on. Which is really nice. It is I, nice, I and I enjoy it, uh, <laughs> as you and I have discussed. That's part of the the daily rhythm that I treasure. That's me It too. probably means more to me than it means to you, uh, just that idea of bringing you coffee and welcoming you slowly to the new day. Slowly is the key word. I, I don't do a, a abrupt uh, <laughs> entries into the new day. <laughs> I, only if I have to. But. So back to the coffee pot and its power consumption. I have been agonizing over how much power it uses when it's just plugged in waiting to be turned on. And the, the, the answer is good news. It uses almost nothing uh, until it's turned on. So I am uh, out of the business of worrying about keeping your coffee pot unplugged, and I'm going to relax and enjoy what we're doing and worry about other things. Well, like the TV. Can you tell us about the uh, complex over there? Yeah. The, um, I guess the good news is the TV and the amplifier and the DVD player pull zero current when they're not operating, which was good news. I sort of thought the TV was going to pull a whole lot of power just sitting there, but it doesn't. Um, it's it's a new um, technology TV, and therefore it really doesn't use much power at all until you turn it on. Um, not so for the digital video recorder, mm. which by its nature demands to be turned on just about 24-7. Mm. Oh, because if you're going to record something on the DVR... You never know when that program might come on. It could be at 2 in the morning or whatever. You've got exactly. to leave it on. So okay. it pretty much has to run all the time. It has to be plugged in and, and ready all the time in order for you to get your money's worth out of it. So um, unfortunately, it pulls about 36 watts, which is, um, in, in our world, that's a lot. That's yes, yes, that would be. Now, what about the television when you're watching it? Okay. Now, when you have the TV turned on, and I'm, I'm describing here the whole array where you're really sitting down and watching something on television, either a DVD or something on the digital right. video recorder or watching live, it, the power consumption is about the same there. Um, somewhere around 225 watts, mm. which is about the same as the current you pull from one of our heat lamps, which is pretty massive. That's a big rascal. So we want to minimize the time that the we have the TV actually turned on. Well, I can understand that. So well, are there any other appliances that you tested? Well, you know, we looked at um, your printer, uh, got comfortable that it pulls nothing. Oh, the printer being plugged in when it's not printing exactly. a document. Exactly. Right. When it's not printing anything, it's, it's not pulling any current. Um, when Oh, another one, there's a lot of discussion out there in power consumption. People who are concerned about power consumption worry about wall warts, things that are plugged into the wall to, cheat, to keep things charged. And the good news for us is that the wall warts are just not an issue. 
unless they're actually plugged in mm -hmm. and charging something. You know, maybe one watt, maybe two watts. The router, the, the internet, yes, um, six or seven watts. So I'm not concerned about that. Um, the um, oh, you had asked about my computer. Yes. Because as you know, I listened to the BBC all night long. And we were concerned about that, and I guess for good reason. The um, the computer we use to listen to the BBC pulls about 20 to 22 watts constantly while it's running, hmm. playing the BBC. Okay. Could be worse. Yes. Could be better. But, um, well, that's good to know. So, And we'll continue checking, I'm sure, some other appliances as we... We will. Just to monitor. Yeah. And, of course, we haven't mentioned the fact. Oh, I, I did want to mention we have a microwave oven that stays on 24-7 because it has a clock. Right. And I have been worried about that. Well, it per pulls about two watts. That's not bad When it's all. not running. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, now, when you turn these things on, they start using massive amounts of current. The microwave oven, the toaster oven, the induction cooktop, all of them use somewhere between 14 and 1,700 watts mm. when they're actually running. But all three of those, even though they use massive amounts of power while they're running, run very rarely and for short bursts of time. Well, that's good. Yes, that's true. I'm sure when you microwave something, you don't typically microwave it for a long time. No, a, yeah, no you're going to microwave it for you know a minute or right. sometimes five minutes, but seldom more than that. Um, we do not have a range, so we don't have any concern about um, a, an electric oven or uh, electric uh, cooking elements. Those, that's the only cooking element we have is that induction cooktop. Well, good, good. Well, um, you were also going to talk a little bit this week about the dual flush toilet that we uh, yeah, and I summer. guess our report is incomplete on the dual flush toilet. It's a Coroma Sydney uh, standard toilet. We had hoped to buy a Sydney Smart and, in fact, requested one, but what we got was a Sydney standard. That's not the big problem. The problem we are having is that it really doesn't flush all that well. So I guess we what we have right now is a report in uh, of a work in progress because we're going to give Coroma a chance to see if they can't. Um, improve that flushing performance. If they can't, we'll tell you all about it and we will describe in, in painful detail uh, the mistake we made in buying a Coroma toilet. If they can fix it, we certainly will tell you about that as well. But it flushes well enough in most situations. I'm just saying it's not um, so bad that people would want to refrain from coming to see us, for example. or. <laughs> 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 True. It, it flushes okay. And it's not any really too much worse than some of the ones we have at the lake that you have to flush a couple of times you know, to get the... You're right. Um, I, I don't want to overplay the problems. It's just that we paid a premium price for the kind of product that is supposed to be very efficient and very effective. Right. As nearly as we can tell, it's not that effective. And as a result, it's not that efficient because you end up having to flush more than once sometimes. Right. So, well, good. We'll, we'll keep you posted about that then. We also have, of course, as most people do around here, it's holiday time, time to deck the halls and hang the holly and whatever else we're going to be doing. I've been wrapping presents. It was so pretty yesterday out on the porch. I took my my uh, wrapping operation out to the back porch, set up a card table. Even here in the wintertime. Yes, turned on the Christmas music through Pandora and it piped out onto the back porch and 
thoroughly enjoyed it until the sun started going down, and then all of a sudden it got really cold. Wasn't it amazing <laughs> how fast it cooled off yes. when that sun went down? Yeah, it really was. It was, and I looked out during the night. We had beautiful, you know, the, the sky was so dark and had lots of stars because it was such a clear night. So very, very nice. But anyway, I got most of my wrapping done, so that was good. And you love this season because you love to pull out things and hang them all over the place where we live. And as a result, I have sort of come to dread the Christmas season, which you re accuse me of being Scrooge. -esque. Scrooge, yes. I say, uh, but I know you don't like things hanging on the. For example, you didn't want to hang a wreath on the door because you didn't want to have a permanent nail on the door. So uh, we have a coat rack right outside <laughs> the <laughs> the door to the apartment, and I hung a wreath on the coat rack. That was which our works great. I think that's <laughs> just right. Um, there's a. We can't really close our closet door comfortably because there's some sachet hanging on the closet door now. Oh, it's just a little pillow that says Merry Christmas or something to that effect. <laughs> so, well, it's a short-term proposition for you, so just exactly. you'll have to deal with it. <laughs> this too shall pass, and uh, here we are on the 17th of December, so it's not long from now before it will pass. That's right. That's right. But I am having a great time as we prepare for that, including... This year, for the first time, our searching for our own tree on our own farm. And you think you found the perfect one, right? You saw it yesterday walking around. I think around. I have found a serviceable Christmas tree. It's so, a cedar. Oh, good. It's out in the woods where I really don't think we will miss it. It's small enough that we can cut it easily and small enough that it won't create a big problem in the forest. Uh, being cut down and taken with us, yet large enough to be creditable as a Christmas tree. Well, good. Then we'll uh, probably be cutting that one down later today, I guess, and moving it to the lake and if so I can decorate can find it. it. Now we're worried about whether I can find my way back to it. Well, we'll take a we'll we'll let you know next week about the final choice on the Christmas tree. <laughs> exactly. We are actually hoping later today to uh, be cutting it down and taking it where we're going to be entertaining yes. our children. Um. We, the weather is dry and crisp now, but that was not the case earlier this week. Yes, we had yet another monsoon that settled all over the state of Alabama, especially central Alabama. We had a, a massive rainfall and um, had that same phenomenon occur, except I think worse this time th that worse. you described last week, whereas the, um, it didn't rain in on the anything that was in the center of the barn that was stored under the under the um i guess the spine of the barn there was no way water got to it but there was condensation that occurred and it left the tops of some of the it actually some of the wrapping paper that i had stored out there it didn't really ruin any most of it i had moved in into the storage room anyway but there were a couple of rolls that just the ends that were open actually were moist so that was very, that's that's got us thinking that we cannot count on storing nicer furniture and some of the the that's right uh, anything that yeah. will absorb moisture um, from condensation we're just going to have to store somewhere else yeah. we're not quite sure where at cardboard this point. boxes they don't do well out there they absorb the moisture so uh, yes we'll we'll be keeping you posted about our alternative yeah that's a storage. big disappointment because we is. had been banking on being able to store yeah. whatever we wanted to store out there yeah. as long as it could take the temperature we thought it would be fine um, uh, just a 
I guess next week we're going to have all our children and their uh, uh, Joe's wife will be with us and their child Smith and Adrian's boyfriend Kenny will be with us and our hope is that we can have all of them participate with us in next week's podcast kind of struggling to work out the technical details now but, but it would be nice to hear their reactions to what crazy mama and daddy are doing <laughs> so we will look forward to visiting with you next week you've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Or you can send us honest-to-goodness mail at P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. To browse our archive, to learn more about the farm and about Lee and Amanda, and to talk with other listeners, visit us at longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.